You know, when you go to places, you say things and you wonder sometimes, what did I say the last time I was there? And I've, I do try to keep track of it to a degree, but when you get up here, you kind of ad lib and you kind of go around all over the place. And so maybe I'm going to say something to you again that you've heard. Uh, I really try not to ever do that. If, if you're in my house, you find out I actually never preached anything similar anytime. It's always something fresh that I've gotten from God. And for me, what I do on my Saturdays, since it's Saturday, this would be my day with God. I take every Saturday and I have given it to God since I started ministry. And it doesn't matter how nice it is outside. It doesn't matter what needs to happen. I give God the Saturday. And that was just something that I've done my entire life. And um, so I can come in and I can just do block study, which I love to just do block study time. And God will really speak some things. Um, the commercial is, there's the stuff. <laughs> and my, my school administrator says, you have to promote the school, so I will promote it. And then, you know, you can tell her that I did it. I promoted the school. It's over there. You have your school here. I would re recommend your school over my school. Um, if you're long distance and you've been through the school here and you're still wanting something, then get into the school there. Um, but we're teaching every week a new video teaching. Right now, I just finished a six-series thing on the kingdom of God. And uh, I'm going into translations next and... Uh, Biblical translations, I better clarify which kind of translation. Biblical translations, and then we're going into some other things. And then, uh, then we're starting a second year. The second year is going to be more mentoring. It's going to be hands-on mentoring. So we're doing Zoom calls and different things. So we talked about light last night, and um, I, I saw some things in the spirit. I'll see how they unfold in the next day. So have another day tomorrow. Um, and I could have done a whole series on light, and that was my wrestling that I've had all day. And I've seen us, and you know, it's like God adjusts things based on who's in the room. And he, based, he adjusts things based on why you're in the room, how you came in the room, what you got through worship, what you got through the day. And it's like, that's part of the reason why I tussle sometimes of like, where is the direction for tonight, God? Because it's like, I'm trying to stay abreast of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And I do feel a shift happened today. I feel very strongly a shift occurred today. Um, and I'm sensing that in my spirit. And so when we did that, when that shift occurred in the daytime today, then it's like, okay, now that shifts tonight again, doesn't it? Because all of a sudden everything has changed. So I'm going to try to do a prophetic message here. It's going to be probably um, two different types of parts. Um, remember when Jesus said to the guys, we got to go to the other side. Got in the boat and they went to that other side. And I think I've said this here before to you, but I'm going to say it again. On the other side, the storm that you're faced with it, it was talked about just a few minutes ago, is coming from your future. It's not coming from your present. 
The storm that they were faced with in that boat was coming from the destination that they were going to. And to go to the other side, the words go to the other side means to go beyond. And if you're wanting to go beyond in your faith and you're wanting to go beyond what God has been doing in your life, it's going to require you to go into your storm, not avoid it. And you'll have to speak to your storm and you'll have to go to that other place. And when he got to the other side, it was Decapolis and Decapolis was a very evil place. It was a place of idolatry. It was a place of of uh, people very self-absorbed. And in Decapolis, here's what actually was, the voice that was the loudest was the voice that was followed. And so here's the Jesus and his entourage of apostles and disciples, and they're going to this other, they're going beyond where they have been. And we are prophetically in a season of going beyond where we have ever been. We are in a season where we're actually in the boat right now. And we're, we've cast off and the storm is coming and the storm is happening in our nation and the storm is happening in your life and probably in your families to a degree. But you have to decide if you're going to go beyond where you've been or you're going to just sit in the boat and do nothing. Jesus spoke to the storm and calm that storm, he had to have a voice that was louder than the voice of the storm they were faced with and louder than the voice of the destination they were going to. And the voice that's coming in this hour is a voice that has a confidence in God that has probably never been seen in the earth. The reason we are in a storm is we are fighting ancient principalities that have been reserved for this hour of time to wear out the saints. And they're coming from our future into our present because we're on a journey to get beyond where we've ever been. And that is the battle that's going on in this hour. But when you start to confront those things that you've never confronted before, because we can see that in that story, that there is not just the deliverance of a man that's filled with demons, but there was the deliverance of a nation that was filled with an evil culture. And that is, that is the battle that we are in. It is not just to relieve the opposition that's setting in one person, but it's to, it is to completely shift an entire evil culture that's setting in the earth right now. And that evil culture is coming towards us, trying to stop us from getting to the other side and getting our boat to touch that shore because it knows once we touch down and we put our feet, we have ownership of everywhere we go and now everything's got to give way to the ownership of that authority. And that is part of the battle that we are in in this hour. We are in an unbelievable battle with an unbelievable victory. Actually, it's a very believable victory. It's already been won for us. It just has to be walked out by us. You see? So we're in transition. We're in a transitional thing. And here's where God is trying to take us as the church. He is done with the superstar mentality. He is trying to bring an entire body, an entire gathering of people like here as a corporate people in a boat going to someplace new. 
And he's trying to get everybody to come along on the journey. And so some of this delay is we're waiting for decisions to be made. Because God is not wanting people to be left behind. He's not wanting people to like, you know, but I'm going to tell you something. Eventually the boat had to get to the other side. And you either were on board or you weren't on board. And like I tell my people, the train's leaving the station. It's picking up steam. We're about to release the brakes. I hope you got on. Because it's going to be a long hoofing on foot to the next station. In Acts chapter 12, I better have some scripture so I'm not a heretic. In Acts chapter 12 is a transitional chapter. And I think I may have talked about this here before because I love Acts chapter 12 because it's the transition from stagnation to activation. It's the, it's the transition of a church that's coming out of, out of disobedience because they were supposed to go to the known world to a forced obedience by God saying, I'm sorry, but you can't sit still no longer. You got to go do something. And the transition is, is the fact that we got Peter sitting here in jail. And he says that it's Peter, therefore, was kept in prison in verse 5. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And if you've heard me before, and I've probably said this here, is I look at the word Peter and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Revelation. Did I say this here before? Oh, I guess you must not have heard this. Well, then I can tell you the whole thing. And I started reading this, and I starts reading like this. Revelation was kept in prison. And the church was praying without ceasing for revelation to be released. You can say it like this. Awakening was in prison, and the church is praying without ceasing for awakening to come forth. You can say it like this. Light was in prison... And the church was praying for light to come forth. And he was set in prison. There were 16 soldiers guarding him. Two guarding inside. Two guarding at the door. That means 12, right? 12 left guarding the prison itself. And what kind of prison was it? It was a prison of darkness. It was a dark place. It smelled. And what happens in the story? The angel of the Lord comes and smotes him on the side. He like pounds him. Oh, awake. Oh, I want to have an angelic visitation. <laughs> and it says, well, maybe we better read it. And the angel of the Lord, in verse 7, came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. Here's this light again. Every time there's a transitional moment in Scripture, the light suddenly appears. And what does, what does this light... It says, and the, the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. You could almost say the light smote him on the side, but I believe it's saying the angel smote him on the side. And raised him up, saying, remember the voice is always coming out of the light. And what does the voice say? 
Arise. It's Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. You're in your prison, sleeping, not awakened, and God is suddenly coming with light and suddenly coming with a voice, and he's like pounding you to wake up. I think this is what he's doing to the church right now in some ways. He's like, can you get out of this slumber? Can you get out of this sloth? Can you rise up? I'm speaking to you. Because what you have need of is what they have need of out there. There's a verse, if I was in my other notes, that says that when when Jesus came, he said, I am the light to the world. And if you look at the translation, you know what it actually says? I am the light that the world needs. Another translation says, I will be the light as long as the world has need of it. You want to have a mission statement? There's your mission statement for your life. I will be the light as long as the world needs light. I'm going to be that light. Now here's this light. Here's Peter. He's sitting here in a prison. The angel is coming. The light is shining. It's illuminating. And it actually means the ability to produce light. The ability to produce light is engulfing Peter and the revelation that he's carrying. Remember when, you know, you guys, I told, I, you know, I about died about three years ago or four. And all these people were praying for me. And my wife is watching me waste away. And I'll tell on myself, I weigh 222 pounds right now. It's a 222 thing. And I went into the hospital at 222, and 20 days later, I was 159. Oh, I see your eyes. That was the eyes of my wife, too. She was watching me die. And I had people, I had about 5,000 people praying. And here's what God said. Have them stop praying for you. You're not eternal. Have them pray for the message in you. It's eternal. If they'll pray for the message inside of you, it will sustain you and it will heal you. They're praying amiss. You got to have an eternal perspective. They're praying for Peter to come out of a prison. And are they praying for Peter to come out or are they praying for the message that God deposited in Peter and the light in Peter and the awakening that he carried? What are they praying for? Are they praying for the Peter that said, I went up into a heavenly realm and my father, I heard the father say that you're the son. And Jesus says, oh, upon this revelation, I'm going to build my church. And what revelation? We sit here and scratch our heads. Petros, build a rock. Got to have some sort of a rock thing here. And that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the ability for you to enter into eternal places and carry something out of it. I'm going to build a church and there isn't going to be any kind of evil or darkness or anything prevail about that because that revelation coming out of heaven has so much light on it, nobody's going to be able to touch it. 
Is that who they were praying for? And where did this light come from? It just says a light shined. Did the angel bring the light? Did God sovereignly just drop some light? You know what I believe? I believe Peter rose up and decided he was going to become the light. The light was already inside of him. He was just, he was just in a stagnation place. You know, Peter kind of had a problem staying on course. I think he regressed into something. And suddenly the light come. It was like, it was like this. Physician, heal thyself. The ability to deliver you is inside of you right now, tonight. You don't need a prayer line. You just need the light inside of you to begin to rise up and permeate everything inside of you to start crowding all that junk out of you. See, God's wanting us to be more, more like uh, responsible for ourselves. I'm not your juju man. <laughs> he, wants, he wants you because the same spirit that raised him can raise you. You believe it when you die, but can you believe it when you live? Mm. So the church is praying without ceasing. And because the church, and right now we're in this mode, folks, we are in a moment where we're praying without ceasing right now for God to come, God to move, revelation to come, awakening God. we got to have reformation. We're crying out, we're crying out, we're crying out. And there's people that God has already determined are carriers of light and revelation. There's some of you in this room, you got messages for the future. But darkness is imprisoning you. It's holding you back. It's, it's, you're like, I don't know if I got it. Oh, yeah, you do. You just have to rise because the ecclesia is not going to stop until we do. And what does he do? The chains fall off of him. Chained on one side, he's changed on the other. His arms are chained, his hands are changed. The places, the blessing, the authority, it's chained. And the Spirit of God spoke to me as I'm studying this light thing of 2 Corinthians 3, where I talked last night. And he said, you know what he was chained with? A veiled heart and a veiled mind. And he was showing me the symbolism in the scriptures of what Peter was faced with in his own life, his mind, his heart. If you look back, he kind of had a problem there. We have the same kind of problem in our lives. Chains fall off, door opens. Doors in scripture represent hearts. Gates represent openings into cities. He leaves the prison. These guys don't see the light. But the light is making a way. It's making a pathway into Peter's future, into his destiny. Goes, goes into the city. He comes up to that door. He knocks where the ecclesia has been gathering. And they've been praying and they're still praying. 
And they say, oh, who was it at the door? It's Peter's angel. And we read right over it, and here's what was going on. They were interacting with angels. And they knew the angel that was assigned to Peter. You hear what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, it's just his angel. I'm dismissing him. And if you had an angel come to your door today, you'd be bragging about it. Had this angel appear. Oh, it's just his angel. We talked to him some other day. And it's like, no, it's Peter. And you know what happens out of this transitional moment of loosing what somebody was carrying, loosing revelation, loosing light, loosing this thing that Peter had setting on him, they transition to the known world. They get out of the walls. We're struggling to get out of these walls. Oh, Jesus, forgive me. These walls are like a prison to us. We like these tent meetings, but we aren't sustaining in the outdoors. It's what somebody from Zambia, one of our Bible students one time said. He said, in America, you do everything in a box. You get in your box, you go to a box to buy your groceries, you go to a box to worship, you go to a box to live. You're boxed in. And in our nation, the windows are open, there's an open air market, everything we do is in the open. And our boxes have created our prisons. And a whole city's waiting on us. Whole city's waiting for us to come through a gate, carrying some revelation. I'm shining. I don't think Peter, I mean, it's like, think about it. It's his angel. Well, that angel was like dull or glowing. You hear what I'm saying? Now, here's Peter. It also tells me that Peter's angel looked like him because there's a little bit of problem there. Because he's knocking on the door. Oh, it's his angel. Oh. So is that where we get the guardian angel thing? I'm just letting you think a little bit, getting you going somewhere. But what happens after this transition, and they get out of their box, and here's Peter, what happens in the very next chapter? We got to get Paul and Barnabas out on the field. The Holy Spirit's saying it's time to go. It's time to emerge. It's time to go into the known world. Heaven forbid we sit here until we're so persecuted that we are forced to get out of these walls. And I, you know what rings in me all the time? Like Even tonight I'm up here. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Here's Peter. Arise, shine, Peter. Your light has come. Light is here. It's, it's illuminating you. I better find my notes. <laughs> so where are we going, church? 
John and me were talking about it before. Awakening, reformation, outpouring, revival. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. And you know, we got apostolic here and kingdom there. And we got all kinds of definitions floating around everywhere. And all I know is this, the apostolic has come and the kingdom is getting more pronounced so when the move of God comes, we can keep the train on the track. Because we like to go put it in our box and imprison it. And we're working so hard to see something come, we're praying, we're fasting, we're doing what we know we need to do or what we think we need to do. But I believe there's some things that we need to do. There are protocols of how the spiritual realm works. And if we don't follow the suit of what he laid out for us to do, we could miss the moment of our visitation. And I'm, I'm sorry, folks, I, I've had a lot of good meetings. I've been in a lot of good meetings. I know Mark's been in a lot of good meetings. But we're both probably looking for something more than what we're seeing right now. We're not happy with what we see. We want something more. And you know my philosophy is I can't point out a problem unless I'm willing to be part of that solution or find solution or I'm an unjust person because God would never do that to you or me. So I'm trying to find the solutions to the things I see that will shift us and move us into the next thing. You know, I used to be a prophet. And God said to me, you need to let go of this because I'm going to bring you into an apostolic mantle. But you have to be willing to let go of that to get this. And are we willing to let go of that, that has been the verse that Pastor Yuri gave us? Are we willing to let go of the past to grab the next thing? Because if we constantly hold on to the old thing that used to be and how good it was, and that's part of the problem, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark, but it's part of the problem you and me have because we've seen it. And it's so easy for us to say, I'm satisfied, I'm sorry, I had my fix. I saw the moment and then stopped contending for the future. And then a whole generation comes that's never seen. It's like climbing the rung of a ladder. Are you frozen or are you letting go to grab the next rung? It's like riding a surfboard. Did you ride the surfboard all the way in and got beached and missed the next waves? Or did you know when to let go of what you were enjoying and look for the next thing coming and ride the next wave again? There are principles that God is wanting us to engage into. So at the beginning of the year, I was a prophet, see? I let go of that, become the apostle, went through a one-year purging, a great depression. I could not find my path, couldn't find my way. I couldn't figure out if it was God's dealing or the devil's torment. Fasted and prayed to break the cycle, could not break the cycle. I was in the, uh, an extreme dealing of God. Extreme. Came into ministry. I don't even know what year. Doesn't really matter. It's been a long time. 
went through a bunch of things, tried to pastor a church, resigned as their pastor and said, I'm going to be your apostle, but I have no idea what that means. Just have patience with me. I'm tired. I'm tired of beating you all up. So I'm going to, and I'm frustrated as the Dickens because I'm not a pastor, so I can't do this no more. And I told God, if I don't get answers, I'm done. I'm walking out of ministry. I'll never go back. And I went to a a conference that Peter Wagner was doing and found out there were 6,000 other crazy people like me. And I was greatly encouraged. And I came back immediately and resigned as a pastor. And said, I'm going to be your apostle. I was a prophet. I could, I could read the mail in a room. You can ask my wife. I would announce someone's calling me on my phone. They're going to ask me this question. This is what they're, what they're after. And I would announce it to a room full of people to prove how you could hear the voice of God. And God said, you got to lay that down, son. So you know what happens? When I need a prophetic word from God and there's not a prophet around me to get it, he gives it to me. And I slipstream back into that prophet's mantle for a moment, and he tells me something. It's probably not the best scenario, but that's what goes on. And in January of this year, he told me where we're going. And that's what I want to share with you now. Because we're coming out of our prison, folks. We're coming in where that light's beginning to shine. That is awakening. If you're getting any kind of revelation out of this word, you are having an awakening, an awakening moment. And we're all looking for this mass sweep, which I'd love to see it. But God says, I'm building something slow and steady and sure. And it's not going to get sidetracked. It's going to get finished. So in 112 this year, I had this word given and several pieces to it. So I want to read these pieces to it to give you understanding. I think it's going to give you a lot of understanding of where you've been, where you're going, and why. And I even got some prophetic words along the way. I, I went caught up, I was caught up into a realm. I've been going into realms quite often for the last year and a half. And I got caught up into a realm And this is what I saw. I saw two groups, mavericks and rogues. Hmm. I believe the two groups were the same. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the mavericks are my sent ones. They do not fit the status quo, but are connected to the body and submitted to me. They love my church and are not critical of her. They have an assignment and an empowerment to challenge, to challenge my bride out of slumber. And I saw the other group, the rogues. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this group is to themselves. They have gifting and anointing, but are not submitted to any leader. They believe they know all things and are critical of my church. They have created their own way, not within my prescribed order. I could see both groups operating in the same moment. Both were having results, the mavericks more so than the rogues. It seemed confusing that both could have results. And then I saw the eternal result of both groups. Not the actions, but what was created in hearts 
who are around each group. It clarified the impact of the unseen of the Mavericks versus the rogues. The Mavericks had imparted things eternal while the rogues had only brought about what was temporal. The disconnect of the rogues coming from attitude disqualified them to carry the things eternal. I saw that, and then he moved me into this war. Then I saw a great war in the heavens going on, an ancient war with ancient demonic forces. These forces have been reserved for this moment of time to wear out the saints. I saw the deceiver and the accuser, and I saw how many in the body of Christ played into the deception, even with their accusation. Their judgments of the church and the bride empowered the demonic forces. The dissatisfaction they experienced coming from others and how they felt treated was in reality their own dissatisfaction within their own selves. I mean, that's a revelation. I'll give you this. I'll send this to you if you'd like it. This was making them rogue in living their faith. Their faith was actually empowering deception. And I saw a lying spirit and how it was being empowered by all of this. And the empowering was so great in this hour is as if it was becoming a principality over regions and nations. And I saw fear beginning to grip tightly upon areas of hearts. It was the whispering spirit working with a lying spirit. And I heard the voice of the Lord say that great war has come. Then I saw the ecclesia. I saw a new way of battling with a new sound and a new sword being formed. And I saw the church standing up, looking up, vertically speaking to demonic forces. Then I saw the church rise and speak horizontally. They had entered into second heaven. They had repositioned. And it was critical in this hour who you are aligned with and what order you're under. The alignment was a multiplier and the order brought a confidence. And I saw the ecclesia step into a position in second heaven, aligning itself with its destiny. And there was also coming into order and began to reorder all things, beginning in second heaven first. And the ecclesia began to wrestle with and contend with forces. This war was going to be different because a different ecclesia was emerging. Aligned in order to produce a bowing down of demonic forces and a giving way of demonic influence. But the ecclesia was carrying a new sword, a sound that had never been heard. The sound that's never been heard, folks, is coming. We've been enjoying it in, in the worship. We've been enjoying it in the intercession. But there's a sound that's setting in all of you tonight. There is a frequency setting inside of you tonight. There is a DNA sound that God deposited and made you. There is a sound inside of you. And you can sit here tonight and tell me, I can't sing. I don't have a good voice. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a frequency inside of you that if you'll just start humming, or you'll just start moving, or you'll just... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and you do something, you will be surprised. In our last meeting, we hit that frequency twice. Amanda was there. She's shaking her head. She can testify to it. And it became like a single sound in the room. We were becoming the sound that's coming into the earth. 
I saw a sound. I saw the sound. I did not hear it. I saw it. That it never before came forth. A harmonious, synchronized sound. A sound that was coming from union and not unity. A sound recognized by both believer and unbeliever. A sound known in the heavens, but becoming known in the earth. It was a sound of war, but not of battle, but a call to war. And even though the battle was, as, was on, you could hear the sound of past battles, but the sound of the ecclesia carried a dominating and only sound. The past sounds started disappearing. The past things started fading. The past things went away. We started letting go of those things. And we started becoming the sound of heaven into the earth. And I heard the word of the Lord for you. You're not done yet. All of this has been because you're one of those that carry that sound for this next season. That sound that's setting inside of you will not go dormant. It is coming and rising up even more. In this next season, you're going to see that sound. All that you're setting, you're thinking about things inside of you. And you're like, I went here and I did this. For all of that that has been trained in you, this is your moment to come. This is your moment. And you're carrying that thing that others need to hear. Tonight we rallied around. We could hear the sound that was setting in your spirit. And I say, come out of any kind of prison you've had, like Peter. Come out of it and be that sound that we need in this hour. It was an authoritarian sound, it was a deafening sound. It was a sound that had the power and the breath of God. It was a sound that had come to do business. A sound that demanded a response and would not give way until the response came. It was a new weapon of war. It was a new sword forming. And I saw it was the church. Not memorized scripture and spiel. Not memorized this and that. Yeah, all of that's important. I'm talking about something supernatural. Beyond the understanding. And then I saw an order coming into the earth. The order was the ways of God. The sound had to come. The war had to come. It was a progressive thing. It was like God was saying, it has to be in this lineup. Now comes the order. Now comes the thing. And the order of the ways of God. The order was the, re, it was the defining of the realignment of any past structure. A structure governing, legislating. A new way that would produce a new path. The path was part of the order. It was the outcome of the ways. The sound of the ecclesia was bringing the order. We got so much disorder. The sound that corrects it is in us tonight. The frequency of heaven is setting in you for it. I saw wave upon wave upon wave of authority being released upon the earth. And another part of the order and another part of the path was being formed. And people were beginning to find it and they were beginning to walk in it. 
And the more it repeated, the stronger the sound got and stronger the order became and men's hearts were giving way to the order in an excellent way. And I've had visions of what's coming that men would be accosted by God without you opening your mouth. Accosted by the Spirit of God. Is that not what Paul did on the road to Damascus? Was he not accosted by the light of God? And it shined on him. And in Acts 9, he talks about it. And then he says this. He said, a voice spoke from the light. And in Acts 22, Paul is still talking about his encounter way back there in his life. That encounter with that light forever wrecked him. Forever changed him. And we're needing that encounter in this hour. We need a fresh encounter with God. Not something of the past that we drag and repackage. I mean something brand spanking new. And he wants to bring it. Two more things. And then I saw a tree. I saw a new tree coming into existence. It seemed to be a short, bushy type tree, but it held great promise. I could sense the promise resting on it. I sensed it would produce a new fruit or a new food source. I thought, well, this could be a supernatural thing for healing with healing properties. And I saw the bark and the leaves, and I saw it being used like a tea for healing. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is all of this and so much more. This is the tree of life being restored. It's the next season, the focus of embracing the life-giving source to become more dominant in the body. As it comes, it will bring healing where there seems to be a lack. And I saw the tree being rooted into the earth again. And I saw it spreading outward, creating a huge umbrella under its limbs and become a covering for many. It was the tree of life. It was Christ. I saw one more thing, and I saw the intensity of it. I saw the force of power in it. The intensity was overwhelming to think of. Its power could utterly destroy in a moment if being unbalanced. It seemed the sound and the order the ecclesia was carrying was the balancing that was required. The intensity was fearful and reverence was instilling. It became an actual wall of power that could be felt and swept entire cities. You know, that's what happened with the Salvation Army. They would kneel in a city and they would claim the city for God. And the people in the city would hear the sound that was happening in the previous city. And they would say things like this. We have three days and they'll be here and our lives will never be the same. That was the sound that they were carrying. And the Salvation Army was made up of young people. There were generals in the army that were 13, 14, 16, 17. Booth expected results. And they released the sound into the earth. There was a woman that was sitting in England and she was getting no no results. She was a 15-year-old woman who was a general in the army. 
And she had to do a report and she sent the report to Booth and said, I'm sorry to report, sir, I have no converts. And Booth replied, try tears. And she started weeping and got the burden of the Lord and she wept for three days and three nights until her eyes were dried out and one of her eyes went, com- uh, went they went completely blind. Both eyes went completely blind. She dried all the moisture out of her eyes. And God came and supernaturally healed her of one eye and spoke to her and said, I want this to, I'm going to heal you to do my work, but I want there to be a reminder of what it costs to do my work. And you're like, why didn't God heal both eyes? Take it up with him. She went out because of that burden of the Lord and began to bring healing into people's lives and salvation and got results. And you know what she was actually releasing? A new sound. The sound of wailing. The sound of intercession. True intercession. Not some little prayer meeting. Intercession. Gut-wrenching intercession. There's sounds that's got to start coming out of us, folks. There's an intensity that has to start coming. It wasn't a fixed wall, but it moved slowly as one single force. It was obvious nothing could stand in its path and nothing would even consider it. Everything just seemed to be set in order and alignment because that and the sound of the ecclesia was magnified thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. And he says things like, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And here we set tonight, all of us, a place to play, a course to play, something to do with our lives. And we all, we all say, I don't want typical church. That's why you're here at Freedom Center. Just being very, very honest with you all. Is it not the, that's not the truth, is it? Not the truth. That's why you're here. Then why do you settle to be part way? I'll, I'll mirror myself in that. How's that? I wish Facebook had a mirror button. Instead of like, I'd like to mirror, mirror, mirror. <laughs> I'm the same way. I have. I gotta change. I gotta change my game. I got to get rid of every sin and every weight that so easily becumbers me and holds me down. And you know what those weights are? Those aren't just bad things. Those are good things. Those are distraction things. Those are things that take me off the course. Those are things that get my attention when it shouldn't be, I shouldn't pay any heed to it. Like the news. I don't want to care what the devil's doing. I want to care what God, what is God up to? What is he doing? I need to hear from heaven. And so the Lord gave me this vision at the beginning of the year. And he said, you watch, son, this is where I'm going to take my church. It may take a little while to get there, but this is what, this is the path I'm taking them on. Some of these things I've already laid inside of them. My son, when I told him two years ago, we're going to war again. And he was like, Dad, in the 20s, when I was 20 years old, all we did is sing and yell at the devil. I don't want to do that again. I said, no, we're not doing that, son. It's going to be a new war. 
There's a new sound that's coming. We're going to win this thing with some joy and victory in our heart. We're not going to sit here and have to beat the drum and do this. No, there's a whole new way we're going to go after this thing. We're going to come out of this on the other end, shining as bright as we could ever be. And we're taking no prisoners. I have no idea where I'm going with this. I'm just long with I'm long for the ride, God. <laughs> I go back to the light has come. Arise, shine, the light has come. What does that mean for each of us in this room? What does that mean for your role in this moment? There's a war. There's a sound. There's a tree of life. There's some intensity coming. Oh, if you think this is crazy, wait till what's coming. You ever been in those kinds of meetings where it's just the level is so skyrocketed high, it's like you don't even know you're in the meeting, but you're there? You know, I was, I was telling somebody in the room, I was in a meeting. The stage was about as high as this. And the communion table was sitting here. And the guy is preaching. And the, and it, and the meeting was so intense, he walks off the stage and makes a loop in midair around the communion table and comes back on the stage. We haven't seen anything yet, folks. We have not seen, we've not seen what the power of God of what he can do. I had a vision of the last days coming. Oh, be careful. I'll give you a warning. Be careful what churches you think won't have a move. He took me to churches in a city, took me to the doors. I was caught away in a vision and he started showing me churches and he says, you think they're not going to have a move? I'm coming here like you've never seen. Most of my church discarded them. They don't believe they can have a move because they don't look like this, like you over here. I'm coming right here to this door because their hearts are right. Their doctrine may be off, but their hearts are right and I'm coming for their hearts. I saw where we'd just walk out into the street and just stand in front of somebody and the Spirit of God would accost them and they'd turn and run into the church because of presence. They just didn't know what to do with it. I came back from Africa one time. I had one of my African friends with me from South Africa in a meeting and he said, what are we going to do tonight? He said, we're going demon hunting. He goes, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. And the Spirit of God was on me to stir demons up. And I would just walk out in front of people and stand. I'm not going to do it here because you all get uptight. <laughs> and I would just walk and stand in front of them. Away they go. We would cast demon out, cast demon out. And eventually we had so many people manifesting in the church. We started dragging them behind the worship pit. We had, a, we had buckets and towels back behind the wall. 
Worship's just cranking and pounding and we're casting demons out back there. And once we get a hole opening, I just go stand in front of somebody and there they go again. And you know what happened? They opened up the door because we would drag them out. We would, they'd just be drunk in the spirit. We'd drag them out, just drop them in the floor in the worship pit, you know, go get another person. I opened up the doors like this. I opened up a door. There's a whole line of people wanting to be free. They saw people getting free for the first time to the very depth. And they saw the response as people applauded their freedom when they came. And they saw the joy setting. We delivered an entire family, wife, husband, kids, everybody, dropped them into the pit. Not the pit of hell, but the pit, worship pit, you know what I'm saying, the pit. The musicians know. And, we, and if people wanted to be free, God was accosting. We weren't out there convincing anymore. God was accosting. And they started weighing the price and they said, me being exposed is sure worth the freedom I'm about to have. And we had built, we had built a portal and expanded it for the open heaven of God to come. And we walked into that place. You walked into something. And you know, I told you, that's why I wear this ring. This is a ring of reminders of those days. But I can't live in this ring when the oil fell out of the ceiling and just saturated us. I can't live in those days. It is a new day right now. Right now, there is something fresh God wants to do. There's something he wants to do upon us tonight. There's a light he wants to bring. He wants to get you out of your prison. You're valuable to him. You have a role to play in this. I don't know if you need a prayer line. I don't think you need a prayer line. Do you need a prayer line? Or can you encounter God where you sit? There was a guy, he was going to go to Kansas City, IHOP out of Kentucky. I said, why are you going? He said, because I need to encounter God. I said, if you're serious, you can go up to those, those woods right there and just cry out to God till you finally get an encounter. You don't have to drive 15 hours. How, how bad do you want it? And we talk about a move of God. How bad do we want it? If we knew that we could come here like an upper room and wait, would we come and wait? knowing the course of history be changed. See, that's what I'm looking for. Could you, would you, will you? It's very easy to say could, maybe. A little harder to make that firm commitment all the way and say I'm going to give everything, God, to you so that you can accomplish something inside of me. I don't know, maybe I'm hard on you. I don't want to be hard on you, but I want to challenge you. And I, I have to go through the same thing. You see, I'm going to have to go through everything I just preached to you. I have to go through this process. 
God told me everything, everything that I have been through in my life has been training for the next moment I'm about to go into. He said, you're going to run another course and then you'll run a third course and the third course will be very short and you'll be done. He's already told me my courses. He showed me my future. Showed me what I'm to do. And I'm longing for a generation behind me to experience those things that I see. And he, he gives me these things. He gives me these kinds of things. I don't know what to do with it at times. I'm sitting over there tonight, and I'm like, God, here we are. We're going to talk about light. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about, I, you know what the title of my message was tonight? How to Shift an Atmosphere. <laughs> and he says, no, son, we're going to do this. Pull up, pull up your private notes. That's what you got tonight. You got my private notes. You got what he tells me. I've told a few people, but you got what, I didn't publish that. You got what he told me. I shared my heart because you said, share your heart with us tonight. He didn't know he was prophetically saying what God had already said for me to do. You better be careful. He's really in tune. <laughs> and I'd like to share my journey with people. Because I'm not, I'm not giving you some fantasy thing. I'm giving you the dealings of God going inside of me. So you can be encouraged and go through the same dealings. So I don't know how to end here. Do you have an ending for us tonight? My wife's got an ending. I knew she had something to say here. was hearing in the spirit and it began during the instrumental play and it hasn't let up the whole time he almost preached what God was letting me hear and see I don't know how many of you have ever been near a railroad or a rail car or a rail yard where they are backing up and they are hooking to a caboose or to a few extra cars and then they go forward or they do the opposite they are loosing them and leaving them behind. And the clang and the click that it makes when it does it. Well, I heard the Lord say, there is both a coupling and an uncoupling going on in this room tonight. God is coupling relationships that belong together. These, this coupling will, will stay until you leave this earth. There are relationships that he is putting together tonight that will remain because God coupled you with them. There, but there are also uncouplings. There are alignments that are dangerous, unhealthy, or toxic for you that he is uncoupling. I even heard for a few of you, not many, there's actually some uncoupling in blood family relationships but the good news is these uncouplings in that regard is very short-lived 
It's so you get out of the way of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit can do. What is he coupling for you? Who is he coupling you with? Or, and it might maybe both for some of you, who is he uncoupling you from? Let the Lord deal with your heart. It is good. Coupling and uncoupling are both good. This is good news. Do not be alarmed. Because he, he always has your best in mind. So amen. Isn't she wonderful? So, Yuri, you got a way you want to respond here tonight to everything? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, if, you, if you're wanting to respond to what was just said and what prayer, then just come up. It's, I'm just simple. I'm not going to belabor us tonight, folks. You either know right now if you're going to you need something from God or not, and just come and leave here healthy. Get uncoupled, you know? Get, get everything aligned. Maybe you just need God's light to just start to permeate through some of the things you're struggling with and, and just let him just do the work because it's, it's more him than somebody passing by. It's that thing if you just took a step forward, and because of the step of faith forward, God is already meeting with you. He's already starting to touch you. He's already starting to free you. He's already starting to do the thing you really want done in your heart. And so, Father, tonight we say, God, just come. Holy Spirit, come. We sang tonight, God, my heart was weeping when we sang, I surrender. We come, God, to surrender to you. We come, God, to say, here I am. I've been in a prison, but i got to get out of it. I've even been praying with people to get people out of prisons and didn't even realize I was in one myself. And Father, I pray tonight for a release. Let the light shine. Let the light shine. Let us rise. Even as these people came forward tonight, they rose, God. They rose in the light of illumination, of revelation you were giving tonight. They rose in the light. And God, I believe you're going to take them out of where they've been, in darkness or prisons or whatever it is, and you're going to send them into cities like a fire burning. Like a bright and shining light, you're going to bring them, God, into cities and into churches that are praying and believing for revelation and awakening and outpouring. And Father, this is the outpouring standing here tonight. This is the awakening that's happening in the earth. And I command the chains and shackles to come off. I command those things that are holding your hands back, that hold your worship down, be released in Jesus' name, come unshackled. Every relationship, every, every relationship that is toxic be cut off in Jesus' name. Every chain that's holding you back from being free.
And Father, I believe tonight for an illumination in men and women's spirits as they sleep even. That there is no, there's no time in, this, in the eternal. There's no need for my spirit to sleep. It's alive unto you all the time and you're speaking all the time. Even like last night, you were speaking in my spirit as I was sleeping. And Father, let that light and that illumination come into our hearts. And Father, I thank you that you're separating the mavericks from the rogues. You're bringing us, God, into being a sound before you. A sound, oh God, that's sweet in your ears. A sound, oh God, of worship and coming from our hearts, coming from our spirit, man, coming from all that's within us. A sound of gratitude and appreciation. God, I just thank you that you perfect that, that sound in us with your illumination and your light. Oh, Jesus. We love you tonight, Father. We love you, Jesus, for coming. Holy Spirit, we love you because of what you do in our hearts and lives and how you teach and guide us. And Father, you've made us complete in you and we lack nothing tonight. It is the fullness of time. And in that fullness of time, O oh God, you bring care us. And in that fullness, Father, when we decide that we will be filled, then we will have our divine moment. And Father, tonight I say, fill us fresh tonight, God, a fresh fire, a fresh baptism of fire, a fresh light upon us, a freshness of the Spirit come down upon us tonight, Father. No fanfare, no, no praying and laying hands. Just you and me, God. Just you and me. I want it tonight, Father. God, I'm on a pursuit for more. I'm on a pursuit for the authenticity of you. And Father, I'm, I'm happy for what you've done in my life. I'm happy, God, for what you've given to me. But God, forgive me, but there's a dissatisfaction in my heart and a longing. And so, God, I'm coming. I'm coming after you. I'm running after you. I'm pursuing. I'm coming out of my slumber. I'm coming out of my prison. I'm coming to do the work. I'm coming to go. I'm coming to burn. I'm coming to be. I'm coming to be your sound in the earth. I'm going to be your ecclesia. I'm going to release the order of the heavenly realms into the earth. I'm going to cause the earth to align. I'm going to cause the earth to regenerate and be redeemed again. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm not waiting around to a future date with hope deferred. I'm coming, God. 
and you're empowering me to go. You're causing my faith to rise. My eyes will not see what is temporal, but my eyes will see what is eternal. My ears will not hear the report of the devil's work, but my ears will hear the report of the Lord, and I will know that report inside and out. And I say this land will give way. This land will hear the sound of the Lord. Hearts will hear the sound of the Lord. There will be a drawing and a wooing by the Spirit of God. Men will be accosted in the night season. Men will be known for the voice of God speaking to them in the night season. I say the sound of God is coming like a marching army on the land. It is a sound that will accost men in their homes. It will accost people upon street corners. I say a sound is coming. An atmosphere is being formed by the ecclesia in this hour. It will not be stopped. Every demonic force, I say you will give way. You will give way. You will give way because the way has come and the light has come upon you. I call forth others to arise. Arise churches tomorrow morning in this, in this region, in this territory. Spirit of God, begin to accost pastors tonight when they sleep. Give them messages from heaven. Give them the sounds that need to be heard in hearts tomorrow. Do God, not just in this house, but in every house that's willing to embrace. Do something tomorrow. Do something in the morning. Cause them to throw away their ideas and grab your sound. That life-giving sound. Cause the people to hunger for righteousness that they would be filled. Cause the people to rise in a new hunger. Cause the people to put a new demand. That we begin to open the heavens. Begin to rend the heavens. That you would come down. And Father, speak to the children. Speak to the children, God. Let a child lead them. Let a child lead them. You're taking our children into realms. You're taking our children into places and heavenly spheres. They're hearing your voice, God. May we give way to them. May we make a place for them. Father, I thank you that you are setting a new course in place even this night in all of our lives. You are setting a new pathway before us, a new alignment. And it is something divine. It is something even sovereign to a degree because you've predetermined what you want to do. We don't yet understand, so help us understand tonight, Father. Help us have your wisdom. Help us have your knowledge. Help us perceive with the spirit of understanding what you are doing. 
and submerge us in your light. Submerge us, Father. Let our voices be as one because our hearts are one with you. And you've brought us into union with you. So, Father, I thank you for new strength, new joy, new zeal, new passion, new fire in the belly, new pathways to walk, new eyes to see, new ears hearing, new sounds coming out of our spirit man. Even when we're sleeping tonight, let our spirit man release sounds into the room and the atmosphere from heaven. New sounds on instruments that we become the instrument. New sound of your word. New sound in prayer and intercession. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in this moment. And I thank you, God, for what you are doing that we don't understand. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing that we don't even perceive. But by faith, we grab hold. And we say, God, yes and amen. Yes and amen. So be it, so be it, so be it in my life. God, I don't need to know it all. I just am doing it by faith. And I say, I'm grabbing it tonight, God. And it's mine. And I will not sit idly by and watch history go by, but I will create it. And we will set a new course in the earth. We will not longer wait and wonder, but we will become the wonderment that others will wait to see. So Lord, I bless you tonight. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless your people tonight, Father. I bless our children, our families. I bless the work of what you're doing in us, unseen and seen. Father, I thank you for that tonight. I thank you, Father. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. minutes ago I was talking about the fullness of time. The word time, keros, the fullness, pleroma, pleroma. When you study the word out, it actually means when you decide to come into your fullness, then you will have your divine moment you're looking for. We're not waiting for God to come. He's waiting for us to decide we're coming into our fullness. And when we come into that fullness... And then we have keros. And we can determine to have keros at any moment of time. We can have keros at any meeting we decide to come into fullness. We're not waiting for a certain meeting to come. We're coming in 
to come into the fullness so the meeting comes to be divine. So, Father, make that, make that hunger to be filled to fullness inside of us. So the divine appearing of you would come into our meetings. Father, I just bless you. I bless you. I bless you.